Countdown for blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to Episode 7 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. This time, we'll have a rollicking comedy variety show. It's the Fitch Bandwagon starring Phil Harris and Alice Faye. You never knew what hilarious situations Phil would get himself into. And this episode is no exception. It's from the first season Phil and Alice were on the air together in a weekly series. You'll be amused at the antics during this show from April 13th, 1947, in which Phil gets a rather unique piece of mail. And that leads to the fun of this episode, which we'll get into in a minute. Sponsored by the F.W. Fitch Company, this series had debuted the previous September on NBC. Alice and Phil were no strangers to radio. They first met in 1933 on the Rudy Valley Show. Alice had made her first radio appearance that year on Valley's program. When Valley's series moved to Hollywood, Alice signed a contract with 20th Century Fox. She became a major star for the studio in those great 1930s and 1940s musicals, including Alexander's Ragtime Band and Hello, Frisco, Hello. And Phil had been on the air since 1929 as band leader of his own band, which made frequent appearances over station KGO in San Francisco. In 1934, Phil starred in his own network series, Let's Listen to Harris, with vocalist Leah Ray. But his big break came in October of 1936 when Jack Benny asked him to join his top-rated radio show. Phil would not only lead the band, but also become a character on the Jack Benny program. Right, Lisa, and because he and Jack had similar natural voices... Phil developed a southern drawl to distinguish himself from Jack. Alice and Phil tied the knot in May of 1941. This was the second marriage for both of them. And during the next few years, there were rumblings that they would star in their own regular situation comedy show. These rumors surfaced following their January 27, 1946 appearance on the program Request Performance. Request Performance was similar to Command Performance, except that civilians instead of military members submitted requests for various celebrities to appear and perform. In that January 27, 1946 episode of Request Performance, the Harris family, which included Phil, Alice, and one of their two daughters, were featured in a domestic comedy sketch. Hmm, sound familiar? This may have been a proxy audition for the Fitch Company. Fitch had been a radio advertiser since 1931 and sponsor of the Fitch Bandwagon Variety Show since 1938. 
Fitch was interested in launching a situation comedy series it could sponsor for the fall of 1946. With the help of Fitch's ad agency, L.W. Ramsey, and Phil's agent, Music Corporation of America, the Harrises signed a mega $3 million contract in May of 1946. The deal was also abetted by Jack Benny and NBC president Niles Trammell. I'm sure it helped to have their bosses making the pitch to Fitch. <laughs> the new Fitch bandwagon debuted at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on September 26, 1946, occupying the coveted spot between Jack Benny and Edgar Bergen. In addition to Alice and Phil, the cast included the Harris's two daughters, Baby Alice, played by Janine Ann Roos, and Phyllis, played by Ann Whitfield. And Elliot Lewis was a riot as Harris's best friend and fellow band member, left-handed guitar-playing Frankie Remley. Also heard in this episode is Walter Tetley, best known as Leroy, on The Great Gildersleeve as the obnoxious grocery delivery boy Julius Abruzio. What makes this particular episode so special are the references to other radio programs. Pay close attention to the second act. There's a special one-liner by Alice. Also note the actions of both Julius and Phil, which result in some unexpected fun. Let's not say any more. Here's the April 13, 1947 episode of The Fitch Bandwagon, starring Phil Harris and Alice Faye. W. Fitch Company presents The Fitch Bandwagon, starring Alice Faye. You never know just how much I love you. You never know just how much I care. And Phil Harris. Won't you come with me to Alabama? Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and broiling hammy, and that's what I like about the South. Like all busy Hollywood personalities, Phil Harris always finds time to read and answer his fan mail. This is what we find him doing yesterday morning. Gee, they might say it's hammy, but sure is a lot of fun to read fan mail from a lot of your friends. I got a whole stack of them here. Let's see. Dear Alice Faye, I like you very much. <laughs> Please send me a picture. Nice. Dear Alice Faye, I like you very much. Please send me a picture. Dear Alice Faye, I like you very much. Please send me a picture. Dear Phil Harris, <clears throat> I like you very much. Please send me a picture of Alice Faye. <laughs> Wise guy. Let's see this next one. Gee, it's written in red ink. You will be the next to go, signed the beast with five fingers. <laughs> Gee whiz, look at that picture of a hand holding a dagger. Gosh, I never did anything to Sinatra. <laughs> the beast with five fingers. 
Oh, it must be some kind of a joke. Who'd want to knock off a pretty thing like me? <laughs> Bill, I don't know. It's Bill? Th- oh, it's you. Uh, say, Alice. What are you doing in here? Nothing. Uh, Alice. What is it? Look, uh, can you think of some person who, who would really like to see me out of the way? Well, let's see. There's Mother, my two brothers, Mr. Smith, <laughs> your riders, Jack Benny's riders, your agent, your producer, Mr. Zanuck. That's Mr. enough! <laughs> Fail. Why are you asking these silly questions? Well, I guess nothing. I was... Well, I was just wondering if I had any enemies. Say, um, come to think of it, do you know where that pistol is they gave me when I was in the Merchant Marine? It's upstairs. But it's all rusty. You left it loaded. I did? Mm-hmm. You know they told you not to put it away with the water in it. Well, I don't care. The water pistol was a wicked weapon with a full charge of lemonade. Must have been. You were court-martialed for spiking it and shooting yourself in the mouth. That's not true. Phil, that's the door. Go answer it. No, that might be the beast. Well, I'll answer it. What's the matter with you? Uh, excuse me, Miss Faye. It's me, Chicken Snyder from the Encino Gazette. Oh, yes, Mr. Snyder. Come on in. Well, my Miss Faye, you're looking pretty today. Howdy do, Mr. Harris. Wearing a new shade of lipstick. Well, as a matter of fact. Oh, no, no, he means me. Don't holler. I'm pretty too. <laughs> Say, uh, tell me something, Chick. Uh, how's the newspaper business? Oh, just fine as a frog hair, Mr. Harris. Covered a big story out here just last week. Oh, you did? Yeah, Mr. Higgins down the road got himself pushed into a cream separator. Gee, killed him, huh? Well, some folks say it did, some folks say it didn't. All I know is they carried him away in two Dixie cups. Pushed in? Uh, You mean he was murdered? Oh, he sure was, and the criminal is still at large. Well, anyone who do a thing like that is a beast. <clears throat> uh, say, uh, uh, by the way, Chicken, speaking of, uh, of murders, uh, did you ever hear of anyone around uh, uh, these parts who got any threatening letters? Oh, as a matter of fact, I did. One time my brother, Turkey, <laughs> he got six of them in a row, but they didn't scare him none. He just ignored them. Yeah, what happened? Fella come and took away his car. Well, I just dropped in to see how it is. Well, drop in and see us anytime, Mr. Snyder. Well, thank you, ma'am. Goodbye, chicken. Goodbye. Goodbye. Phil, you acted awfully strange all the while Mr. Snyder was here. What's wrong? Oh, I can't explain it, but I got cold shivers that keep running up and down my spine, and, well, honey, I don't know, but I got a funny feeling that before long, all the joys of living will cease. Goodness, have you ever felt this way before? Yeah, just once. When was that? The time your mother moved in with us. (laughs) Well, that's a fine way to talk. When mother was here, she was wonderful to you. She even donned all your socks on the sewing machine. Yeah, she never bothered to take my feet out. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. There's someone at the kitchen door. Well, you answered. I'm going upstairs. Groceries! Oh, good morning, Julius. Gee, Miss Faye, you're looking beautiful this morning. Why, Julius Abruzio. You don't know this, Miss Faye, but every week before I come up here, I do a big thing for you. You do? Yeah. I wash. 
<laughs> you what? Yeah. Not only that, I always come to your house first. I want you to get the full benefit. <laughs> well, I appreciate getting my order early, Julius. Ah, oh, that's all right. Hey, Miss Faye, your gardener was telling me you got a gopher in your lawn again. Yes, I think it's the same old one we tried to get rid of last year. Hey, maybe I could help you catch him. No, I don't think so. I already sent the exterminator a note. We're going to use poison. Eh, poison ain't no good. The thing to do is wait till he comes out in the open and then beat him to death with a club. <laughs> that doesn't sound very practical. You ought to talk to my mother. She's an expert on the subject. Oh, has your mother had gophers? No, just me and my brother. <laughs> Julius. Yeah, Miss Faye. Goodbye. Farewell, soulmate. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, but I can't get that note out of my head. The beast with five fingers. I can see him now with that dagger. Gee whiz, when the time comes, I've got to think of Alice. Sure, that's right. Alice. Maybe when he lunges at me, I can hold her in front of me. Hiya, Daddy. Ah, hello, baby Alice. Hey, have you seen your mommy? Yes. She was just talking to the grocery boy. She was? Yes. I heard her say she wanted to get rid of something. Get rid of something? That's right. She already sent the note. She sent the note? Wait a minute, Harris. You're getting punchy. <clears throat> Alice don't look a bit like a beast, but still, there's her brother. <laughs> hey, look, honey. Uh, uh, what else did they say? Well, Mommy was talking about poison. But Julia said, no, get him out in the open and beat him to death with a club. <laughs> Say, look, kid, look, um, did your mommy actually mention my name? Well, she did say something about an old gopher. <laughs> All right, that does it. This thing has gone too far. I'm going to have a talk with that woman. Alice. Yes, Phil? Let me see your hands. My hands? Yeah. One... Two. He gets, he does have five fingers. <laughs> had me two trusty pistols, had me two leather holsters swinging by my side. Had a two-gated pony till the day matrimony Took my bridle and gave me a bride I was riding down that trail to Santa Fe When I met a pretty gal along the way I said, haven't we met before? Then she drew that 44 So I tipped my hat and slowly rode away I went riding down that trail to Santa Fe When I met another gal along the way I said, baby, you're a dream. She says, touch me and I'll scream. So I took my hat and slowly rode away. Rode away, rode away. Cause there wasn't no excuse for me to stay. Tip my hat, that was that. Yes, I left that kitten sitting where she sat. I went riding down that trail to Santa Fe. When I met another gal along the way. I said, baby, are you taking two? She said, partner, I'll take you. So I tipped my hat and settled down to stay. 
Settle down, settle down How I curse the day I ever rode to town What a life, what a life Ever since the day I took myself that wife If you ever ride that trail to Santa Fe And you meet a pretty gal along the way Better stop and think of me I was happy, I was free Till I tip my hat and settle down to stay That day, settle down in dear old Santa Fe Ladies, no one will compliment your hair if it's dull, brittle, and full of dandruff. But people will praise the looks of your hair if you use Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Fitch is a real beauty shampoo that gives your hair renewed luster, a flattering softness, and that grand quality of being easy to manage. It restores the hair to a normal, healthy condition, enabling it to take and keep a wave longer. Fitch's reconditioning action works effectively on all colors and textures of hair. Then, since it's completely soluble, Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo rinses out instantly in either hard or soft water. No special after-rinse is needed. Fitch cleanses thoroughly, and it's economical to use, too. Thousands of attractive women know Fitch reveals the natural sheen of their hair, leaves it romantically soft, glamorously smooth. So if you want your hair to be beautiful, to win more compliments than ever before, use Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo regularly. Fitch is spelt F-I-T-C-H. You're listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now, back to Radio Rarities. Hey, Frankie. Frankie, come on, open up. Let me in. Hi, Phil. Come on in. Hey, look, Frankie. I got something very important to tell you. Yeah? Well, sit down. Okay. Oh, I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm sorry, lady. Uh, I didn't see you in that chair. Goodbye, Frankie. I'll see you later. Who was that? Her? My mother. She brings me hot soup. (laughs) Hey, you look worried, Curly. Something wrong? Now, look, Frankie, I want you to pay attention. Yeah? It's going to sound silly, but listen to me. All right. I think that Alice is getting ready to knock me off. Yeah? 
What else is new? <laughs> Look, Frankie Wheeler, listen to me. This is serious. Now, listen to this. Here's the reason I know. First, she sent me a note signed The Beast with five fingers. Mm-hmm. And now she and that grocery boy, that Abruzio, are getting ready to poison me. Poison you? Yeah. How could she do it? Destroy Phil Harris. Listen to me, Frankie. This is the worst thing that's happened to beauty since some guy slashed the Mona Lisa. Well, Carly, she must have some motive. Haven't you been writing a lot of checks lately? Certainly, but that was part of the deal when I married her. Well, Carly, even if she is a movie star, she wouldn't bump you off for nothing. You must have done something. No, I ain't. Now, come on, Curly. Make a clean breast of it. Come out in the open. No, no. If I do that, she beats me to death with a club. <laughs> you know, Curly, I've been thinking. If this is true, it could be the biggest thing that ever happened to you. It could? Sure. Think of the publicity you'll get. It's a natural. Alice Faye poisons mate. Why, they'll be dancing in the street. <laughs> Cut that out. It ain't funny. Yeah. Now, look, Curly, you got this all wrong. Alice wouldn't knock you off for the world. She wouldn't? Of course not. You're too stupid. <laughs> What's that got to do with it? You ever heard of anyone being unkind to a moron? <laughs> Gee, Frankie, when you say things like that, you make me feel good all over. <laughs> now, look, Curly, even if she did want to knock you off, she wouldn't have the nerve. It's too big a chance. Chance? Sure. She'd have to answer to Petrillo. Yeah. Sure, that's right, ain't it? He'd take her card away. But after all, she did send the note, and she was talking about poison. And you can believe it or not, but I'm almost afraid to go home tonight. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do, Curly. I'm playing a band date this evening. On the way home, I'll drop in at your place, see if everything's okay. You come by the house? Yeah. Oh, gee, Frankie, you're swell. Any way you look at it, you got nothing to worry about. If she should give you the business... Me and the boys will give you the biggest funeral you ever saw. Funeral? Sure. I can see you now as you leave for that place where all paid-up union members go. (laughs) Wrapped in old copies of That's What I Like About the South. (laughs) Gad, Frankie, such loyalty. Phyllis. About an hour ago, he got a wild look in his eye and went out of here like a streak. Oh, is Grandma coming to live with us again? (laughs) No. No, honey, but your father's been acting awfully strange today. Daddy's an awful problem child, isn't he? Yes, Phyllis, he's murder. Life's a game, but who can play it all alone? Every chap should hold the heart that's all his own. Love may come at first sight, they told me. When I saw you, I knew I had found my only love. When I met you So darling I know 
that you know that I'll go where you go. I choose you, won't lose you. I wish you knew how much I long to hold you in my arms. This time is my time, twill soon be goodbye time. Then in the starlight, hold me tight with one more little kiss, say My time will soon be goodbye time Then in the starlight hold me tight With one more little kiss say ninety-nine With one more little kiss say Thanks, Julius, for coming all the way back again with the ice cream. Ah, that's okay. Anything for you, soulmate. <laughs> Bye. Thanks again. Well, home again. Gee, I'm glad I had that talk with Frankie. He's so reassuring. <laughs> Alice couldn't have been thinking what I thought she was thinking. Shucks. She was, for all I know, a lot of people have five fingers. I love life and I want to live and I... Uh-oh. Julius Abruzio, what are you doing around here? Hiya, Mr. Harris. I just brung up a package for Miss Faye. Look, Julius, let me tell you something, kid. If I ever find you hanging around here again, I'm going to beat your brains out. Now beat it. Do you hear me? Beat it! Hey, okay. You really tied one on today, didn't you? <laughs> beat it! Phil, you better get ready for dinner. I have it almost ready. Dinner? Are, uh, are, are you going to get the dinner tonight? Mm-hmm. I gave Sissy the evening off. We're alone in the house. Huh? <laughs> Look, uh, honey, uh, hey, uh, why don't we eat out tonight? Oh, don't be silly, Phil. I've gone out of my way to prepare something special for you. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> well, don't stand there. Go get washed up. Dinner's almost ready. All right, all right. Oh, so that's it, huh? She's going to let me have it at dinner. Hello, Daddy. Oh, hello, Philly. Hello, Alice. How are my little girls? Fine, Daddy. Say, uh, are you kids staying up to eat dinner with Daddy and Mommy tonight? No, Mommy. No, Mommy gave us our supper before you came home. Oh, she fed you already, huh? Gee whiz, I thought maybe that you kids could taste my food. I mean, uh, I mean, I'll take... Oh, I'm all upset. I don't know what I'm thinking about. Look, babies, you love your daddy, don't you? I've always been kind and sweet and 
and considerate, haven't I? Oh, save that for Mommy, Hotshot. We don't have any money. <laughs> I don't mean that, Phyllis. Now, you listen to me. What I'm trying to get at is this, that, well, your daddy may have to go on a long, long trip. Long trip? Yes, Alice. I might even die. Oh, I see. You're taking your band on the road again. <laughs> Wait a minute, honey. You see, I'm... Oh, Phil. Yes? Supper's ready. Supper? Mm-hmm. Well, you see this dinner. It'll kill you. <laughs> well, come on. Honey, honest. I'm not hungry. Not hungry? Look at that wonderful steak I fixed for you. Yeah, but what's this stuff on top of it? Why, it's smothered in mushrooms. Mushrooms? Are you sure they're mushrooms? Of course. Then why is that toad sitting under one of them? <laughs> oh, don't be silly. That's your baked potato. Honey, I keep telling you I can't eat anything. Look, I'm going out in the living room. What's wrong with you this evening? I spent all afternoon getting that dinner And you didn't touch a thing Well, somehow I wasn't hungry Well, Phil, it's ten o'clock Are you going to sit in that chair like a corpse all evening? Some folks say I is And some folks say I ain't <laughs> Oh, stop acting silly and come to bed Come to bed, she says I ain't falling for that gag <laughs> She'll probably murder me in my sleep if I get it, I want to be standing up <laughs> Oh, this is awful I wonder if Frankie's going to stop by Come on, Harris, pull yourself together Why did I have to be born a yellow coward? <laughs> Maybe if I turn the radio on, I'll feel better Slowly, stealthily, Lady Wingate crept into her husband's bedroom <laughs> A flash of cold steel in the moonlight And the deed was done Gosh, what a program With one swift blow Lady Wingate had freed herself From the man she'd secretly despised For six long years As she surveyed her work Her blood was frozen in an instant of terror And she shrieked the dead man's name Phil Harris ah! What'll I do? Hi, Alice. Oh, Frankie, come quick. He's there on the floor. Oh, you did it, huh? <laughs> what? Alice, will you marry me? <laughs> Frankie, Frankie, Phil fainted. Oh. Here, help me put him on the sofa here by the fire. Okay. Not too close, pretty hot Easy does it There we are I'll go get him a glass of water Water? Okay, we'll force it down his throat <laughs> Ooh Ooh Where am I? 
What are those red flames? And those hot coals? <laughs> Gee, it's a fire. Hiya, Curly. Hello, Frankie. What are you doing down here? <laughs> no, no, Phil, you ain't dead. Everything's all right. You just fainted. Here's the water, Frankie. Oh, we don't need it, Alice. He just came out of it. You get away from me, Alice, you monster. You're the beast with the five fingers. What are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. You and Julius tried to poison me. Poison? Poison? Phil, I got that to kill a gopher. Gopher? Well, then what about this note? Now, look at it. You will be the next to go signed the beast with five fingers. Let me see that. Oh, my goodness. Did you ever think to turn this note over? Huh? Yes. Look what it says on the back. Everybody's seeing it. You will be the next to go see the beast with five fingers starting this week at your neighborhood theater. <laughs> hey, Frankie. Where are you going? Home. Well, what are you sore about? Sore about? You ruined my life. <laughs> what do you mean? You spoiled the beautiful funeral and my chance to be Mr. Alice Fay. Oh. <laughs> Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. A good investment pays off, and none pays off better in good grooming than Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo. For Fitch doesn't stop with removing the so-called loose dandruff. It actually penetrates and cleanses the thousands of tiny hair openings on the scalp to dissolve all traces of dandruff. Then this more efficient shampoo whips up into a rich, frothy lather that floats the dissolved dandruff away. Yes, Fitch is the only shampoo made whose guarantee to remove dandruff with the first application is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. Fitch's penetrating antiseptic action gives your scalp as well as your hair a thorough cleansing. It leaves your scalp tingling, your hair healthy and alive looking, and as clean as clean can be. So buy a bottle at your drug or toilet goods counter, or have professional applications at your beauty or barber shop. Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo is an investment that really pays off in well-groomed hair. Say, folks, before we say goodnight, Alice has something that she wants to say to you. Thanks, Phil. This is important to all of us, but especially so to those of us with children. Right now, the American Cancer Society needs our help. I don't have to tell you. We all know what a dread disease cancer is. Its annual toll is enormous, and it strikes both young and old. So I hope during this drive that each one of us will do all he can to help this fight against cancer. Send your contributions to the American Cancer Society in New York or to your local committee. Thank you. Tune in next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. This program was written by Bob Mosher and Joe Connolly, directed by Paul Phillips, with the original music composed and conducted by Walter Sharp. Included in the cast were Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, Walter Tetley, and Elliot Lewis. Alice Fay appears to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. Laugh a while, let a song be your style, use Fitch Shampoo. Don't despair, use your head, save your hair, use Fitch Shampoo. Men with good-looking hair agree that the scalp is the basis of hair health. 
So do as many of them do. Massage a few drops of Vitch's Ideal Hair Tonic into your scalp every day. It is not sticky or greasy. Get Vitch's Ideal Hair Tonic. Bill Foreman speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That has got to be one of the funniest episodes I have ever heard of Phil Harris and Alice Faye. I couldn't agree more, Lisa. Let's see if our audience caught all of those sneaky passages. Let's start with Alice drawing out murder when talking with daughter Phyllis. That was a tip of the hat to Jack Scott Smart in the role of Brad Runyon, the rotund private detective of The Fat Man, which was on ABC Friday nights. And before that, Phil had mentioned Petrillo, who was the current president of the Musicians' Union. Later, when Phil tells Julius to scram... You hear Julius whistle a very strange tune. Some in the studio audience recognized this and started to laugh. Which leads us to the major event when Phil tuned into a gory program on the radio. It was the show's announcer, Bill Foreman, doing an over-the-top imitation of the Whistler, the role he was currently portraying every Monday night on the CBS mystery series, The Whistler. Hey, Carl, why do you think NBC allowed these plugs for other network shows? It's hard to say, Lisa. It was certainly rare for one radio program to plug another on a different network. And Frankie Remley sure thought he had Alice when they found Phil passed out on the floor. And we must mention that Phil and Alice sang their favorite tunes each week. In this episode, Phil offered, I tipped my hat, while Alice countered with, I know that you know. In the closing segment, all of the cast were credited except two. Pat Buttram played Chicken Snyder, the newspaper reporter, and Myra Marsh was Frankie's girl, who left his place in a huff after Phil's untimely appearance. In addition to the performances by the cast, the music by Walter Scharf was outstanding. As was a theme by the vocal quartet, The Sportsmen. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Costella is our executive producer. And the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week, we'll bring you a unique episode of the Abbott and Costello Show, so don't miss it. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, Jared Sebastian, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.